Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 41, Popcorn Pet Peeves. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today, where we are going to take a closer look at pet peeves and what to do about them. A few months ago, I was talking to a friend of mine, and the topic of pet peeves came up. She had some fascinating things to say about them, and it made me realize that when we are the ones that are doing the peeving, we may be feeling some negative feelings if we don't know how to manage them in a way that can keep our relationships healthy. I have seen some people just go right on flaunting their annoying habits in the face of other people, telling everyone that it's just the way they are and to just get over it already. And I have also seen others become very withdrawn and insecure when others point out some of their peculiarities, feeling like they can never be themselves. Now, neither of these extremes turns out to be very healthy or beneficial when it comes to developing a mature relationship, as one person always seems to be left feeling quite negative. So let's start off by defining what a pet peeve really is. In the dictionary, we can learn that a pet peeve is defined as something that a particular person finds especially annoying a frequent subject of complaint, something that annoys or bothers a person very much, an opportunity for complaint that is seldom missed, or an annoyance that one can never resist complaining about. Now, if we just look at the word peeve, not only does it mean a particular source of aggravation, but it also means a feeling of resentment. Now, why? Why resentment? Why would one person chewing gum cause a feeling of resentment in another person? Resentment is a feeling of bitter indignation, having believed that we have been treated unfairly. It can also mean that we regard those little actions or annoyances as somehow insulting The Merriam-Webster Dictionary goes on to say that resentment is a feeling of angry displeasure at a real or imagined wrong. Now, we all know what a pet is, but let's look at the definition anyways. A pet can be defined as a domestic or tamed animal that is kept for companionship or pleasure. A pet can be a pampered or spoiled child. It can be a domesticated animal kept for pleasure rather than utility, an animal that is kept and cared for affectionately, or an animal or a person that is especially cherished or indulged like a favorite. Now, this is so fascinating. So a pet peeve can be an annoyance that is kept around, 
for companionship and pleasure rather than utility. Now let's think about this for a minute. If a family member or your spouse has a few pet peeves when it comes to you, perhaps they keep hanging on to it and nurturing it as a form of companionship and pleasure. This can be eye-opening for us if we are the ones with the peeves that are annoying someone else. We can have compassion on them and genuine curiosity and wonder why it is that our little annoyances is what is bringing them a feeling of pleasure and companionship through their complaining about it. Why is it that these are the things that they are finding pleasure in? Aren't there a million other options of things that are far more pleasurable than focusing on other people's little quirks? Now, Wikipedia has to say that a pet peeve is a minor annoyance that an individual finds particularly irritating to them to a greater degree than would be expected based on the experience of others. And it goes on to say that the use of the word pet in this phrase is an analogy, comparing the feeling of annoyance to nurturing a pet animal, a pet that one does not want to give up despite its objective lack of importance. Now, another website describes a pet peeve as something that is maybe a bit annoying to most people, but is very annoying to a particular person. While the word peeve does mean annoyance, a pet peeve is something that this particular person has chosen to adopt like a pet, to be extra annoying to them. And just like a pet, they pay a lot of attention to this annoyance and may talk about it quite a bit. Now, I find this so fascinating. And it's important to point out that the things people find annoying about us are usually minor things and are not important things and really not important in the big picture at all. It's also important to point out that the one who is complaining about us is the one who is focusing on those things and nurturing their own annoyance with it. We have to wonder why they are spending so much of their free time focusing on something so minor. Why not focus on something way more fun and exciting and even more meaningful for themselves? But what if we are the ones who are totally annoyed? And what if we are the ones who are really bothered by some of the minor and less significant annoyances of our spouse? Don't we have other things to focus on that are far more exciting and fun? Why are we finding pleasure and companionship in complaining? Aren't there more fun ways to find and enjoy companionship? Have we been out with our friends recently? Have we connected with our extended family members in the last couple weeks? How are we taking care of our connections to others and developing relationships that help provide positive companionship 
so that we don't have to create this negative one for ourselves that has little utility to the progression of our marriage. When we allow ourselves to be annoyed by the pet peeves we have about our spouse, we may find it hard to have a natural desire to be closer to them. This may even lead us to feel that we have little interest in being intimate with them. Sadly, we may find great comfort in complaining about these things and find that complaining about our spouse feels far better than looking inward to see what's really going on for us inside. We may find that complaining about our spouse feels better than realizing that we may be complaining because we are lacking the skills that we need to be able to manage our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions more effectively. So this particular friend of mine is not married, but was saying that whenever she would bring up the topic of careers to her family members, that it really seemed to bother them. It seemed like her bringing up the topic was a pet peeve of theirs, and she was very confused as to how to move forward with them in a positive way. She felt that if she even brought it up anymore, that everyone just would get on her case and dismiss her and dismiss what she was going through. And she would wonder, like, isn't family what this is supposed to be about? Isn't it the family that is always supposed to be there for us when we're having a hard time? It seemed to her like family was only interested in things with her if they were all going well. And she felt like she only had two choices to either keep talking about these things and make the others just learn to deal with it, or that she would just have to never bring it up at all. Both scenarios leave people feeling full of anger and resentment, which can make it a challenge to become closer. Now, this reminded me of something that I do that others have often viewed as a pet peeve. And this is my popcorn eating. Now, while it has bothered my husband in the past, he is definitely not the only one who has complained about my popcorn eating maneuvers. Now, let me explain. I do not eat popcorn with my mouth open at all. And when I do put popcorn in my mouth, I make sure that my mouth is all the way closed before I start chewing. The problem comes after I actually start chewing, as it seems like I have very thin cheeks. So while I am totally chewing with my mouth closed, people who sit next to me while I am eating popcorn say that they can hear it as if my mouth was open. And this really seems to bother some people. So my friend and I were talking about these pet peeves and the dilemma she seemed to find herself in and me as well, but she thought she only had two choices to make everyone get over it because that's just the way she is or to never talk about a topic that was significant and important to her. She wondered what she needed to do if her family members didn't want to talk to her about it. She asked me what I did if Nick didn't want me to eat 
popcorn. Now, I absolutely loved the way that she worded this because it can really help us put things in perspective, which is sometimes hard to do when we are in a situation that feels like we have no other choice but to give up something or some important part of our lives or of ourselves. So let's think about this. If my husband gets annoyed by the way I eat popcorn, should I really have to give up eating popcorn forever to keep the relationship moving forward in a positive direction? Of course not. I can just make the popcorn and then throw it at him instead. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But think about how absurd that actually would be for me to stop eating popcorn because my husband finds it annoying. Are there really only two options for me in this scenario? To either tell my husband to get over it already and that I just eat popcorn that way and to suck it up? Or to just not eat it anymore so as to not bother him at all? No, those are not the only two options. Limiting ourselves to only two options or only two possible solutions is a trap. And that trap is called all or nothing thinking. But this is the exact time to unleash our creativity and try to come up with a solution that works. For me, I chose to use a method called pre-socialization or anticipatory socialization. This is where you prepare someone for something ahead of time that may actually be challenging for them so as to ease their entry into the new experience and to help them behave and interact accordingly. It is defined as the process of changing one's attitudes and behaviors in preparation for a shift in one's role. Now, parents often do this with their children, maybe before taking them to school on their first day. Maybe they talk to them and practice introducing themselves. Maybe they keep a little picture of their family in their backpack so that they can look at it throughout the day if they are feeling nervous. Maybe they pack an extra treat at lunch so they can share one with somebody new and hopefully make a new friend. All of this can be done ahead of time to help the child manage a stressful situation more effectively. And we can actually do the same thing in our marriage. Now, I don't eat popcorn all the time, and there is no way that I am going to start searching for some crazy way to see if I can somehow reduce the amount of noise coming through my cheeks while I'm eating popcorn. That would just be crazy. But I also don't just want to tell my husband to get over it because in all reality, I love him and I don't really want to be the source of so much distress. I want our relationship to continue to grow and progress and to continue to develop and evolve into a beautiful relationship, one that is full of maturity and deep respect for one another, for the things we love to do, as well as for the things we know are annoying. Now, I have no plans on giving up popcorn, nor should I have to. So I use some pre-socialization. 
I prep my husband for my popcorn eating. If we were going to watch a movie together or something and I get in the mood to eat popcorn, I simply start making it and I show him what I'm doing. I shake the bag. I give him a look. Sometimes I'll wink at him or just smile funny. I turn it into something fun. And I kind of give him that message like, do you see what I'm doing here? Do you see what I'm making? Do you know what that means? I give him a chance to prepare himself for my popcorn eating. By me using a pre-socialization approach, I give him a chance to make the decision for himself. If he wants to either avoid the noise altogether by not joining me until I'm done eating, or he can ask himself if it's worth it to him to listen to the cheeky popcorn eating noises while sitting next to his wife watching a movie together. Now, he may make other decisions as well, and that's all okay. This simple process allows his brain to make his decisions on purpose. And then there doesn't have to be any annoyance with it at all because they are already expecting the noises to come and they have prepared themselves to accept it because they deemed that our time together would be more valuable than not hearing the noises. And maybe they will view that as totally worth it. And now this once annoying thing that I did does not seem to be a problem at all. This is love. This is being considerate. This is loving both yourself and your spouse at the same time. And this is having respect for both yourself and your spouse without either of you having to give up something you don't really need to. This is allowing both of you to make decisions for yourselves and honoring them. This is a step in the right direction towards a healthy, mature, and balanced relationship. And there is no control or force here. In fact, there is freedom and choice and a feeling of being empowered. If you know that you are doing something that your spouse finds particularly annoying and is a pet peeve of his or a pet peeve of hers, use your own creativity to see if you can find a fun or funny way to prep your spouse for it. If they do something that really gets under your skin and you would say that it's one of your pet peeves, See if you can watch for their tells or their signs that let you know that they are about to do that thing and see if you can find a way to pre-socialize yourself for it. Preparation is a beautiful thing and we may not even realize just how beneficial it can be when we use it in our marriage as a form of love and compassion and giving What a gift we can give our spouse when we prepare them in this way. And what a gift we give ourselves 
when we prepare ourselves in this way as well, we become more loving as we do so. When my friend wondered if she should just never talk about careers anymore, she was wanting to take that decision from a place of fear. Fear that if she didn't just do what someone else wanted, that the relationship would be affected negatively. But we learn from Doctrine and Covenants, section 38, verse 30, that says, If ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Our preparation can lower our own fears about the damage of what these pet peeves can do. If you are starting to realize that you may have caused some distress to someone that you really care about, especially your spouse, have compassion on yourself as well as your spouse. Give yourself some space to continue to learn about marriage, about skills, and about communication. This next week, let's see if we can do two things. The first is to look inward. Take a moment to think back and see if there are any things that you do that your spouse would consider a pet peeve, and then get creative and see if you can come up with a fun way to prep your spouse for it. Set him up for success as well as yourself. And the next is to look outward. Take a moment to think back on something that you consider to be a pet peeve when it comes to things that your spouse says or does, and then get creative and see if you can come up with a fun or funny way to prepare yourself for when those things come up and decide how you are going to handle that thing from now on, whenever it comes up and with whoever it comes up with. Level up yourself and develop this new skill of pre-socialization and see if all of this creativity and the lessening of annoyances doesn't make it easier to get in the mood just a little more often. Because remember, the more you restore that type of intimacy within yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.